Hang in there, idiot. Smiley Kaufman for 61. Wow. I'm Smiley Kaufman, and this is The Smiley Show. What's up, everybody? We have an, another guy from Birmingham, Alabama, joining the show, and it's not me. It's Gordon Sargent. My man, you have been all over the world playing a little bit of golf. Uh, you just got back from Dubai playing in the World Am. Man, what was that experience like? It was definitely an interesting one. I uh, I thought it was going to be dry heat, um, and it was the exact opposite. It kind of felt like Birmingham in the summer, so... Uh, it was funny because oh, like the rest of my team was in, yeah, very. And the rest of my team was in Scotland. So it's like <laughs> I was ready to get back to Nashville for some cold weather and they were looking to get back for some warm weather. So um, but no, it was cool. Definitely kind of different experience when I played last year in Paris, but it kind of meant a little bit more this year. Um, just kind of having experienced that, played Walker Cup and same mm-hmm. with me in your country. So it was definitely cool um to kind of go over there and I don't know, it was like didn't really know what to expect. Um but no, kind of seeing what life's like over there just because that was my first time over to the Middle East. <laughs> that's that's interesting. What what's the uh for the world am? I've I've never really kept up with it as far as just like what what's the format? Yeah, I know there's three so it's, uh, it's you, Nick Dunlap, and David and Ford. Davis, David Ford. Yeah. So yeah. it was us three, and it's four rounds of stroke play, and it's just three count two um every single day. So like, oh, great. it's, it's kind of like college golf. It's just like you have one drop score. Yeah. Um, and I guess there's, I think there were 36 teams this year. So. Oh, wow. And y'all won by how many strokes? I think eight or nine. Mm. We, That's uh, going to be fun though, man. Just winning with your yeah, boys. Like, I know. We were, I mean, we were tied for the lead after the first day. And then I think maybe winning by one after the second day. And then, um, kind of opened mm. up like a four or five shot lead. And then David was, David was seven under through eight the last day. So it was kind of like me and Dunlap needed Jeez. just kind of <laughs> coast it into the house. So you, you and Nick just needed to just like breathe. <laughs> Pretty much. One of us just needed to get it in around par. <laughs> oh man. Well, the team format, you've kind of gotten used to that. The fact that you just got done playing the Walker cup as well at St. Andrews. I mean, it's it's I think it's pretty safe to assume this was your first and last Walker Cup that you're going to be playing in. Um, and the fact that it was at St. Andrews, how special of a week was it uh, representing the United States for the Walker Cup team, but also winning there and just I feel like this group of guys that you especially that you played with this year, it's a it's a, a crop that I would compare similar to. Maybe that 2011 bunch that everybody always refers to just as far as uh, that talent of that group was with like Justin Thomas, Jordan Spieth. Just how special was that week and just that group of guys that you played with? Yeah, it was funny. I was talking about this to someone the other day um, and it was like kind of like the adrenaline that you experienced from that. Um, I remember we all kind of crashed the next day, like on the plane. Um, and then I remember we went to... Uh, we left for my, uh, our first college event of the season, like maybe three or four days after I got back. And, uh, we ended up winning there, um, in San Antonio. And it was like, this is like, this isn't even fun. Like after Walker cup and then you win, and like, <laughs> this is so different. Um, but no, like it was cool. Cause like, obviously captain McCoy and like all the guys we had known we were on the team for that long, but it's kind of, it's kind of been two years in the making, like the amount of work captain had put in, um, the USGA, all that stuff. And then for it to like all rely on two years, two days of golf as like whether it was successful or not um, was kind of cool just because it was like really relieving, especially kind of seeing captain after that first day we're down three and it's like, okay, like there's only one more day left. And like, obviously we didn't expect to be down three. We felt like we played how we wanted to play. We were going to be leading, but um, no, there's definitely, it was kind of tense. We had like a pretty serious talk kind of, that night and um it was like captain was asking us what we thought and we were like i don't we don't know like just go put us out we'll, we'll try and get win points and it's like if we lose that morning foursome on sunday it's like it's kind of we kind of don't really have a chance at this point um mm. but then to go out the next morning we obviously knew what we had to do we had to go win um i think we won the first three matches uh, to kind of pull within 
I guess it'd be one point and then, um, had a nice Sunday afternoon and it was cool. Cause like, I remember like the past, like at the practice session and then like a bunch of different instances, it's like, people are talking about how the locker up was like the coolest experience of their lives. And it's like, okay. Like, yeah, I mean, y- you hear that, but like, and you get to go to St. Andrews, but you don't really understand what it was till the week kind of started. Like I remember we got there very early, kind of like, I think we got there Saturday and it didn't start till the next Saturday. So it's like we had a week to burn in Scotland and we kind of traveled, played golf, played the, we played Kings Barnes and Dunbarney on the weekend. And then we're at the old course the rest of the week. And it's like, first time you go play St. Andrews, you're like trying to like tell yourself like, okay, like this place is pretty cool. But like, you don't really realize the history till you like keep playing it and like keep kind of hearing like the stories and stuff like that. And then obviously like fans started coming out a little bit on Friday and then Saturday and Sunday, it was kind of a packed house. And obviously 90% of them were rooting for GB and I. And I think that honestly made it more special just because it was like, I remember we were talking to Dunlap on uh, Sunday morning when we were playing and it was like, we love the silence. Like it's amazing. Like when they're not cheering, because it means we're doing something good. So um, no, I mean, I definitely can say it was the coolest experience of my life so far. Um, Just kind of seeing like, it was so cool because I was, I think I was the fourth singles match on, on Sunday afternoon. And after my match, we needed like one and a half more points. And basically like, like it was back similar to the world. And it's like, if we just play, like we have a pulse, like we're going to get a one and a half points. And then, um, yeah. I remember Dylan made, he made like a six footer on 17 to win the hole and go one up into 18. So it's like, okay, he's not losing this match. So there's another half point. And then it kind of just started like flowing in from there, like a couple points coming in. And, uh, like it didn't, it looked like we were just going to win from the second I finished. So it was kind of like a change in emotions from Saturday afternoon where it's like this, we just like need to get some points versus like, okay, we're going to get our points. And this is really cool. Um, and I remember like we were sitting behind 17 green and I don't think any of us have ever cheered that hard for like a made five footer or like someone just hitting it on the green. And it was pretty <laughs> funny just cause it's like, we're getting so pumped up and like, we were all destined to crash that night. And I think we all did, but, um, no, it was kind of one of those things that you never forget. And there's probably, there's probably very little things that'll ever live up to that. Um, but no, it was, and then like, obviously my team went over to St. Andrews last week and I was like trying to explain to them what it was like. And I was like, it's probably going to feel a little different for y'all, especially considering it's 40 degrees colder, but, um, no, it was, it was really cool. I, I guess are you too good to play St. Andrews twice in the uh, in the same year? <laughs> I didn't feel like going from the 110 in Abu Dhabi to the 40 in raining in St. Andrews probably would have left me just like passed out somewhere. But uh, yeah, you and like, David Ford both think, took it off, so I, I, yeah, I can yeah. imagine. And I watched a little bit on TV. It wasn't it wasn't the sunshine that you guys got to play in? It no, was I'll, cold I'll and miserable. My, is what I'll it take looked my like. 75 and sunny on, at St. Andrews, and that's good enough for me this year. <laughs> No, that's fair. That's fair. And I, I remember texting, uh, texted you, texted Nick Dunlap. Obviously, both of you guys are Alabama um, from there. So I, I obviously am always cheering for both of you two. And I remember texting you guys. It's like, y'all, y'all be safe tonight because I knew that after winning <laughs> something like that and being there with all your boys, that uh, the pubs weren't safe, I think is a good way <laughs> of putting it. And I'm sure I'm sure y'all had a great time and um, kind of as just ca- – pretty similar off of that you know gordon you and i both uh grew up in birmingham alabama i've i've watched you kind of grow up out at shoal creek uh your parents uh being members out there and i've kind of grown up out there my entire life as well so uh i think it's a pretty unique circumstance in the fact that you know i i was on the pga tour for uh multiple years and you were kind of coming up through high school at the time, our relationship was, uh, we didn't get to play a ton of golf together. We hung out a lot on the range, uh, practice a little bit together. And I don't know when it was for me, but there was a period of time where you went from being just another, um, amateur golfer to like, wait, hold on, this guy's legit. And I don't know when that was, but for you, when did you feel like the light bulb went off? It's like, wait, I'm, I am, I'm better than my peers and I'm beating everybody else. And, and then you're like, you're, you kind of grew into your dad's body a little bit. I think you were kind of the, a little stockier, but now you like kind of grew into 
Uh, what, how, how tall is your dad? Like six, three or six, four? He's like six, five. I'm, I'm not quite that, but, um, no, I mean, you're I, growing like into like think, a big dude though. Yeah. Um, I think it was probably like junior year of high school. Um, maybe junior, or senior, somewhere in between there, but it's like you play junior golf and you go to these events and it's like, okay, like everyone's kind of telling you have fun, you're having fun, but like, and you like finish, like you'll have some good weeks, have some weeks where you finish 20th, 25th and you're like, okay, uh, whatever, all the above. But then once you kind of start really having to like, see like, okay, like my golf, like I don't have to play my best to be able to compete at these events. You kind of start realizing like, okay, like there's kind of something here, like you're definitely getting better, like maturing. Um, and that kind of gave me a lot of confidence, especially cause like, I mean, I had been committed to Vanderbilt for four years. Um, and then like you, you think of these guys in college, like, like if I looked at a sophomore in college when I was a senior in high school, I'd be like, this person acts like they're eight years older than me. And it's like, once like through junior golf, kind of that junior senior year, you like start to mature a little bit. Um, and that was kind of when I feel like I just kind of started figuring out like, okay, like golf can kind of take off, um, and go from there. So, um, no, it was definitely really cool. I think obviously my roommate Jackson and Paris were the same age and we kind of got to know each other really well through junior golf. And that was pretty comforting just knowing like, we're going to be rooming together in college. We're going to kind of do some dumb things together and, but we'll all figure it out. So, um, yeah. I, and like, like you said, I was not like, I was pretty, I don't want to say like small, but definitely hadn't like kind of developed. And mm-hmm. then once you kind of start developing your game a little bit, um, and then obviously your body is still kind of changing at that age, then like you kind of realize like, okay, like it's not as much as like trying to hit the ball as far as possible or trying to like, trying to hit these shots more so like hitting the shots and stuff. And that's kind of where I feel like it started to click senior year. And then once you get to college, it's like kind of off and running a little bit. It's like you're around better players. You are able to practice a lot more. You're able to kind of just, just get better and not necessarily like figure out your golf game, but how to like make it as best as possible. Yeah, that makes a ton of sense. And you kind of mentioned uh, when you got to Vanderbilt, uh, just kind of getting off to that fast start. And I would say a fast start as a freshman winning the national championship would would probably qualify um, as that winning the individual stroke play. So, Gordon, all of a sudden now you have a ton of interest in you. And and it's not just from your friends and family. Now it's it's everybody in golf media. It's national attention. And in this age of NIL, you know, what was it like trying to navigate just all of the interest in you, whether it be, you know, agents that want to be uh, associated with you or brand partners or um, people that just want a piece of Gordon Sargent? How difficult was that for you? Did, was it on your mind a lot, um, especially being, you know, 18, 19 years old? Yeah, I mean, I think like I was I started like the first fall of freshman year. It's like, OK, you're trying to kind of figure everything out. Um, play a few good events, but also like trying to pass on my classes, trying to do all the stuff that you have to do in college. And then uh, I remember kind of once the spring started and play a couple of events and then you start like playing kind of well. And one thing I liked about college instead of junior golf is like, if you get like comfortable and like a good feel in your swing, you're playing every, like almost every single week as an event. So it's like kind of nice sometimes. Like you can, if you're playing good golf, you can just kind of run with it. So um started playing pretty good in the spring and then kind of just carried the momentum, uh, like you said, was fortunate at NCAAs, kind of just hung in there the last day and survived almost, and then made bird on the first playoff hole. But then after that, it was kind of like back to real life. And I think it was good for me. It's like, I mean, we finished NCAAs. It's like everyone's kind of building you up to be this person. And then I remember I went to U.S. Open qualifying, I guess probably not long after maybe three four days after we got back um i played the one in uh shoot where's that right after the memorial uh where all the pga players yeah, are yeah, yeah it's the one and up in like, columbus yeah and it's like nobody cares who i am right here and it's like it, it was like good for me you know like freshman you're like okay like this is i just won the national championship i can do whatever i want and then you go there and it's like these guys are still so much better than me um but then, yeah, like obviously you realize like you can get to that level if you just kind of put the work in and keep your head down. So it was definitely like that summer started getting a little bigger playing AM events. Um, and then, yeah, like obviously NIL kind of started to take over a little bit. You look at like 
I'm looking at these basketball players and football players making like millions and you're like, I, I want a piece of that, you know, like, I don't know what brands <laughs> can pay me a million dollars, but I'll, I'll take whoever it is. Um, but no, like it, it was definitely like, I mean, you've always heard like the saying, like good golf takes care of everything. And it's not like you have to make your life revolve around good golf, but like whatever you're worrying, like if you're worried about NIL, if you're worried about getting starts, like if you go play good golf, like all that's going to be there. So that's kind of what I tried to like tell myself. Um, and yeah, like I eventually did an NIL deal with Titleist then. Um, and that was kind of cool just to see like Titleist has been something that like if you play golf, you know what Titleist is. So it was cool to kind of like put my name with a brand like that. Um, and then, yeah, it also just like, like I, you see people leave college early and it also gives you a reason to kind of stay in college and just continue to get better just because like there's no reason to turn pro just for the money at this point. So, um, no, it, it was definitely tough. And then now you can get agents and I kind of just, obviously they're out there watching. Um, like, I, I don't know if it makes you like nervous because it's like college coaches watching you. It's like, <laughs> I hated it always. It makes you like kind of like, you feel like you have to play good golf but at the same time. It's like, they're watching you for a reason. Like they know you're good. Like they're not just because you make a bogey doesn't mean they're just going to walk away. Um, <laughs> but like I did that process kind of in the uh, off season just to kind of I just was like, I'm going to play golf in the fall, not worry about that, push it off to the off season. Um, and that really helped me. But then it's nice to like get that stuff behind you. Cause now I don't have to worry about it. Like I remember guys, Limbo always told me like guys, he coached like in the senior year, you're trying to do agents while trying to get ready for professional golf and all this stuff. So I was pretty fortunate to kind of get that process done um, pretty soon. Uh, and I've been really fortunate with, with Excel sports. Everything's been really smoothly. Um and yeah, it's just made my life a lot easier. Well, I love my boy Lance over there at XL. He's a he's one of my favorites, <laughs> yeah. so you're in good hands, definitely. And uh, I will say, agent wise, we had different experiences because my senior year, the spring of my senior year, I was like, I was a late bloomer when it came to college golf, and I was playing with Taylor Gooch, and he was talking about we were playing at the Floridian. And I had just like started playing well to where I was like, oh, wait, I can be a professional golfer. And Taylor's like talking about all the agents that he's considering uh, signing with. And when I tell you dead seriously, I had no idea like that agents were signing players like in golf. I was so oblivious to everything that he mentioned that to me. And I was like, huh, that's interesting. Maybe I should be thinking about that. And like a month later, I'm signing with an agent. So it was yeah. <laughs> just kind of crazy. Different experiences. Obviously, you were, uh, you, you've you played well enough to being number one amateur in the world that uh, you definitely deserved a little bit more attention than the old late bloomer. But, but I will, it's funny, though, because like you like, I remember, I think I did four or five meetings and it's like, you always been told like, oh, the, you'll know like which one is right. But then you walk out of every single meeting, you're like, this guy made me feel so good about myself. Like I have to sign with him. <laughs> and like, you kind of saw it in the college recruiting process a little bit, but it's like, obviously their jobs to like, and all of them can do a great job for you, but it's like so funny. You're like, God, this guy made me feel so good about myself. Like he's the one, he's the one. And then the next person you're like, wow, he made me feel even better. So, um, no, it's definitely a, an interesting process. Um, and it's obviously not the easiest process, but, um, I'm definitely glad I kind of got it over with now instead of having to worry about yeah, that in the future. For sure. Well, let's let's fast forward through all the agent talk and let's talk to the about the good stuff and that and that is a phone call that you received. Uh, was it like what popped up on your phone? Did it did it say Augusta National Golf Club that popped up yeah, on your phone, so or was it just an, an Augusta Georgia number? No, it was. So I was like, I mean, this is literally like a Monday morning, I think January like second third something around there and i i think it was like it was at like nine o'clock i was like sitting on my couch like and like if it's a number that i don't recognize like the odds i'm answering that is like basically zero but i was like sitting and like i have my phone on silent basically 99 pretty much 100 percent of the time so i'm like it was just sitting next to me and i like look over random phone number um but it like the caller id it says like augusta national golf club underneath it so like before i answer it i'm like Okay. Like, okay. I mean, I, I'm gonna, I'm going to answer it. Right. But I'm like, what, what do they call me about? And then some, the guy introduced himself, um, Brett Sturba that flew straight over my head. I like, couldn't tell you his name 30 seconds later. Um, <laughs> but then he just started like saying all this stuff and like, 
whether it was processed or not, I'm like, all right, who is possibly calling me right? And like nine o'clock on a Monday morning, like there's, why would Augusta National be calling me now? Um, and then fast forward, I remember my dad was like playing with the dog in the house and I'm like, dad, like be quiet. And he's like, why? And I was like, well, just hold on. Like, I don't know why, but just hold on. And then, um, he like was like, yeah, we like to extend you an invitation. And I'm like, okay, like to what? that's cool. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, okay, uh, to like, is this the like junior, I got whatever. And, uh, it's like so in your mind, like, you don't think it, it like you're, you're like, this isn't the actual masters. You're well, like, like, I mean, it was like, it sounded too good to be true, but it's like, this guy knows like, wait, like he's talking about the amateur dinner, like tickets, all this stuff. So it's like, whoever, if someone is calling me, they put in a lot of effort to like mess with me. So I'm like, I, I close, I like hang up. And I'm like, I'm like hyping myself up a little bit. Like, I'm like, okay, this is, this is probably real. And then I remember I went and talked to my dad and I was like, Hey, like I just got a phone call and they said they wanted to invite me to the masters. And he's like, no, like that's not true. And I'm like, okay. And so then I'm like telling myself, I'm like, okay, like, yeah, it's probably not true. And then, um, he's like, what's the guy's name? And I'm like, uh, I don't know. Like, I don't know his name. So then like, I'm like sitting around for like 45 minutes, like trying to like, process this and like obviously like i'm just like so kind of lost most of the time so i'm like all right i'm gonna go play golf and then like i mean i went out to the course whatever and got nothing done and uh <laughs> remember i called uh, he didn't he didn't say he told me he was like yeah they're gonna release something the next couple of days so i'm like okay and he's like but you can't tell anybody i'm like oh, that makes sense whatever i'm not gonna tell anybody and then i remember i called limbaugh the next morning and i was like hey like <laughs> I got a call from um, someone at Augusta National. They said they're going to uh, release something. I got invited to the Masters. And he was like, no. like He's like, what, what are you saying to me? And he's like, do you think it's real? And I was like, I, I don't know. Like, is it, Do you think it's real? He's like, ah, probably not. And I was like, okay, all right, whatever. Like, yeah. And then um, Mr. Sturba texted me again. And that was when the, uh, the Bills, when Damar Hamlin had that incident. So it was like all over the news. And he's like, Hey, like, look, like obviously with kind of all this going on, like we don't really want to release this right now um, and have it like overshadowed by all this stuff. So I'm like, Oh, like, great. Like this is now you're just going to mess with me for even longer. Um, <laughs> and then that, so like a couple days go by. All right. I told Limbaugh, which I probably wasn't supposed to tell him, but I was like, Hey, like heads up, like something might be released. I don't want, like, I'd rather you hear it from me than like see it online. And then, um, eventually like I confirmed it cause he like, I ended up figuring out his name and like all the stuff. And he's like, like I like called him on the phone and I, he, so I was like, okay, this is real. But then <laughs> he still hadn't announced it yet. And I went down to, uh, Sea Island for the Jones cup and I was standing with a bunch of my teammates and I'm like, I'm like, God, this is going to be like, I don't know how to tell them. Like, it's so funny. And then I remember we were sitting on the couch and like they still hadn't released it. Like I've known for like four days, still haven't released it. And a, a master's commercial comes on and like, they're like, they're like, Oh my, I can't wait to watch the masters this year. And I'm over there like sitting in there like, yeah, me too. Like, it's going to be kind of cool. And, uh, they eventually release it. They, so then I finally got confirmation. They were going to release it at like 10 30 the next day. And I was like, all right, I'm playing my practice round at 8 a.m. Like I, I'm not going to be on the range when this releases, right? And so I remember I was playing with two of my teammates and I, I like I hadn't gotten around to be able to tell them. Like I, I just, like, I, don't, I don't know what to say. Like this is going to be so awkward. And we were walking down the ninth, uh, we were on like the ninth old ocean forest and it's like 1030. And uh, like, obviously they're not on their phones. Like they didn't know that it was happening. And we get up to the green and uh ben adelberg from the back of the range comes up and he's got this smile on his face and i was like oh boy here we go and he's like he's like oh i heard you got like an interesting phone call my teammates still have no idea and i was like uh like it was just like like i, I didn't know what to say because it was like they're they they thought they were getting messed with too so it was like pretty funny and then uh obviously like told them but then i like make the turn and i'm like over there like head down. I'm like, I, I don't really want to talk to anybody right now. Like I'm trying to play a practice round. Um, but then, yeah, obviously everyone was super nice about it. It was super cool. Um, but yeah, it was definitely kind of like 
three because like like it would have been great if like someone had texted me like a little heads up or like something yeah but like because it was so out of the blue so random like I, there was no thought in my mind that someone was going to be calling me um so yeah and then of course like five days go by and it still hadn't released so i was like okay like maybe not but then yeah i mean it was pretty funny the best because i couldn't tell my teammates like i just couldn't figure out how to tell them and uh of course i was with them when it broke so it was pretty funny oh goodness man uh that's a good problem to have though i'd say uh having to try to find a way to tell your teammates and be humble about it but i tell you what i would have done when that master's commercial was going on i would have listen i'm, I'm not a great secret keeper so i'd be like yeah i'll be playing in that next year that would just been like the ultimate flex i, <laughs> I, was I, I think like, that was like, it's funny because like i like I, it goes through my mind but then it's like it's not like if i'd be like hey i'm playing the masters you're gonna be like oh nice like that's cool it's like it's like that's cocky you're not gonna right? hear that like <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he was talking about that for the next couple hours. So um, I was like, all right, this is going to be kind of awkward at some point, but at least it wasn't anything bad. Yeah, no, man. And all right, so let's let's talk a little bit about the Masters and just the week. Uh, did you stay in the crow's nest? Uh, who did you play practice rounds with? Part three contest, just any just everything about the week. Yeah, I remember I got there uh, Sunday. I played nine Sunday. Cause I, I'd gotten a bunch of advice, like, just like, don't wear yourself out. Like Such nothing advice, like, yeah. obviously I get, I get there and go play 18 holes every single day, which would be pretty freaking fun playing 18, I guess every single day. Yeah. But I'm like, come Thursday, I'm like, Oh, like, uh, is this like, it was just, you'd be gassed. So played nine Sunday. Um, and then I played nine the lot Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday as well. Um, but I also got the good advice, like, obviously you're going to be nervous. Like there's no way to kind of like not be nervous, but like mm -hmm. if you can play with like as big names as possible, like that only help ease the nerves a little bit, just cause it's like still standing on that first scene of practice round with a bunch of people watching, you're still going to be kind of nervous. So, um, reached out to JT. Uh, he was really, um, nice. He's like, yeah, like me and Homer were playing, uh, back nine Monday afternoon. If you want to join us, I was like, great. Like sounds awesome. Um, so I like, I show up like obviously pretty nervous, like hit some good shots, but also hit some bad shots. And then, um, Tuesday I was, I, William Kane caddy for me, a college golf fellowship guy. And he, yeah. he knows, um, he somehow he connected me with Rory. I think he might know Rory's caddy, something like that. So I'm like, okay, like, great. Like Rory's probably not going to respond back to my text, but whatever, I'll text him. And he responds. He's like, yeah, like let's play. Tuesday afternoon at like one o'clock off one. So I was like, perfect. Like I've played the front nine once, played the back nine once, we'll play the front nine. And then um, I like go talk to him on the range right before. And he's like, yeah, Brooks is going to join us. And I'm like, Kepka, like you want to play with Kepka? Like, like this is when the lives like pretty intense, all this stuff. So I'm like, okay, like, I'll play with Kepka, like whatever. Um, and no, uh, like that was pretty nerve wracking, especially like, I mean, you said you see Rory step up on one tee and like one tee shot's not like easy. Like if you hit a cut, like it's doable. Especially how far you hit the ball. <laughs> like you, you have to hit it within about a 10 yard wide window for you to like confidently like pick up your tee and know that's in the fairway. And of course, like Rory gets up there and just never looks like it's missing the fairway. And then Brooks <laughs> gets up there and just like stripes one down the middle. So I'm like, okay, like, all right, these guys, what are they going to think of me? And I just, block one into like the right trees i'm like all right okay like it's fine. like I'm, I'm hitting the next one like that that's all that matters right you're and walking then, off the tee yeah i'm like I, I'm, I don't have to pull another one out and then uh <laughs> but no it was like pretty fun um and then uh rory was like yeah i'm playing 18 and i'm like oh, like like am i about to like big time rory and be like hey i'm only playing nine like sorry man <laughs> um but thankfully kepka played nine so i was like yeah like i and Rory obviously didn't care. He probably didn't want to play the back nine with me, but, um, no, it was funny. I was like, yeah, like, I think I'm only going to play nine. Sorry, Rory, you're going to have to go play the back by yourself. But, uh, <laughs> no, it, that was really cool. And then, um, played with Harmon, uh, Wednesday morning, um, off the back. So we had a, it was definitely, obviously the guys I played with were all different. Uh, Harmon was pretty funny. We're on 
like 12 T and he's like fishing snakes out of the water. So, um, <laughs> it was pretty lighthearted. It was funny. Um, just us two having a good time. Uh, so yeah, like obviously felt pretty prepared for the week, like had a pretty good game plan. Didn't feel tired by any means. Um, and then, yeah, like obviously didn't play how I wanted to, but feel like I learned a lot. Uh, so I'm with someone the other day, it's like you play college golf and it's like, you can get away with a bunch of misses. Like if it's a back left pin, like you can hit it long left and have a chance at getting it up and down. But like mm-hmm. if you're playing on Augusta and you hit it over some greens, like you literally have no chance. And it's like, that was kind of eye opening Cause like in the practice rounds, you're like just dropping balls where you feel like you're going to miss it. But right. And if I'd miss in those spots, you'd be a whole lot better off than if you miss in some spots. So, um, no, I think it was good for me just cause it was nice. Like then you come back to college golf and we had our home tournament like the next couple of days. And it's like, all right, like this game's not like, like Augusta just like kind of kicked my ass. Like, it's not like I'm terrible at golf, but it's just like, it exposes you. And like, I mean, everybody's going to experience that at some point if they play Augusta, whether you're striped or not. Like, I mean, you see the best players in the world shoot 76 out there sometimes. And it's like, or even 81, mean that you they know, should... sometimes yeah. they shoot 81. And it sometimes it happens to be on Sunday. <laughs> it doesn't mean that you're terrible at golf. It just means like, okay, like you, you probably hit a few bad shots that ended up, you made bogey or double where like normal, some normal golf courses, you're just making par. Um, but yeah, uh, let's see. Yeah. I stayed in the crow's nest Monday night, um, after the amateur dinner, which was really cool. A bunch of us stayed up there and he like, we did, I think we fell asleep at like midnight. Like we kind of just hung out and then five fifteen, just like bright and early, the kitchen's up and running. So you're like, well, it looks like I'm up for the day. And then like, so let's see that I wasn't playing till like noon either. And I'm like, God, why can't I like be teeing off at like seven? Like <laughs> so having the whole morning to kill, just like walking around, like trying to tell yourself you belong here as like the guy, people working there. Like, can I see your player badge? And I'm like, Oh, oh yeah. Like, but, um, no, it was definitely a really cool experience and, um, something I feel like really helped me going forward too. Well, I think the cool thing about the Masters and this whole Masters app and the website is I just typed in Gordon Sargent on Google last night, just kind of getting ready uh, for our interview today. And I click on the Masters website and I'm able to just watch your entire round, which I'm sure you've been able to watch, watch back and be like, man, I wish I would have done this different. Or, uh, man, if I if I had just had this technique now, can you imagine what I would have made on that hole instead of what I did make? And um, I think the start to your masters is is so interesting to me because you birdie the first hole and you make a, a greenside bogey at two, which would I imagine uh just kind of like flubbing a chip into the bunker and then you hit a green side up there on three on the par four and just kind of make a, a bit of a mess of it is is the only yeah. way to describe it. And as we kind of you know look in our rear view mirror at the masters and you kind of talk about just how close you were, but in the fact that it did expose you, did you feel like your short game was one of the things when you left Augusta where you're like, you know what, if I need to go and improve on anything, uh, would it be your, would it be your pitching? Yeah. I mean, like obviously like playing college golf, like, and it's tough because like, even at Augusta, like everyone thinks you're going to get a perfect lie everywhere. You don't. You don't. No. Like, <laughs> and like, I, I, it was funny because I like watched, I played with Jason Day and like, I mean, he's one of the best pitchers of the golf ball. Oh, and so good. I mean, it's, it looks so simple. Like he's just clipping these ones up there and I'm like looking at it and if it's not a perfect lie I'm and I'm a little ner- and I'm nervous. Like, I'm like, there's no way I'm hitting this solid. Like, especially when you have chunked one, bladed right. a couple and you're like, I don't know what I'm doing out here. Um, <laughs> so no, it was definitely like, like I wouldn't like, and, and if you had asked me before the week, if I was a bad chipper, I'd be like, I wouldn't have said no. Um, or I wouldn't have said yes, but it's like, it just kind of exposed like, there's so many like shots around the room that you have to have, especially mm-hmm. like under pressure. Um, so yeah, it's definitely something I kind of worked on after, but like at the same time, it's like, I saw J day, like just sod one on hole number eight from greenside. And then he has like a 70 yard wedge shot on 15 and hits it maybe like 20 yards and it one hops into the water. And it's like, okay, like it's not, like consider, it's not like we're terrible at golf because we did this. It's just like, Augusta, you're going to see some shots that are pretty bad. And like, obviously the guys who win are the ones that know how to hit all the shots. So I think it just like exposed the fact that like, especially under pressure, like there's definitely many different techniques and chipping and there's not one 
blueprint that you have to have, but like mm. there's some commonalities that all good pitchers of the golf ball have. And like, it's funny you say it cause it's like over the past, like two months, like work with my coach, it's kind of the opposite of what you think, honestly, like you're and like, obviously you've seen all this stuff with Victor recently and it's like steepness, like is good. Um, and you think like, like if I went back and watched his videos, I'm like just trying to get this ball airborne. Like it's like, just, just like somehow hit it decently solid and then like land on the green somewhere. But it's like the opposite. Like you have to be really committed to chipping. And I wasn't that week, but it was like, like, obviously it's people say like, it's like Limbaugh always says, like, sometimes it's really good when we don't win because it makes it like, it shows us that we don't have it figured out. Like, even if you win, like, even if you win a college event or like something like that, that doesn't mean like, you've got to figure it out by any means. So it was good to like, see like, okay, like it's like, I drove it like pretty well. Um, and like, it's not like I hit my irons terrible, but it's like, you see the inconsistencies and see that like on tour, you can't be hitting, like you have to be really consistent. So it was like, like, it's funny. Cause like I go, I, I play at Augusta, like didn't feel like I played horrible. Like, yeah, my short game was pretty pitiful. And like, I, I didn't do everything great, but it's like you walk away with at nine over and you're like telling yourself, like, I mean, this is, I'm not very good at golf. And then like the next week I play a college event and win by eight. And it's like, <laughs> like, like literally two days later. And it's like, it's all like, it, it's a lot of confidence. And it's like funny. Cause like, you just have to be like really committed. And like, I was like, when I, I remember that college event, it's like, I'm going to try and play like like J like I watched Jason Day and Zach Johnson play. It's like they're hitting greens in the spots you have to hit it. And like their misses are like ending up in the spots where you have to miss it. So that was kind of something that I like took away from the week. And then um yeah, like obviously it gives you a bunch of stuff to work on too. Like and, and it's not like you don't see that from every single week on the PJ tour. Guys find parts of their game where they need to get better. But like I feel like Augusta is one of those courses that is really gonna expose the weaknesses of your game. Yeah. And, and what's, uh, we have some videos that you sent over and, and you mentioned your coach, uh, been working with Mark Blackburn since, uh, the middle, uh, of this summer. Yeah. And we were looking at this down the line video right here. And, and what is this, uh, this alignment stick? I see you're coming so on the, that was, on the inside of it. Um, like I've always like weirdly enough lined it up all like kind of in the heel and like, I don't know how to explain it, but like he was showing me videos of like some like good pictures of golf ball. It's always kind of toey. Mm -hmm. It's kind of outside on the takeaway. So honestly, like I was trying to, and I've always like gotten the club head inside my hand sometimes. Like that's my tendency. So the, mm -hmm. the, the little wooden thing on the ground is I'm trying to feel like the club kind of takes that path, which okay. for me, as you can see, kind of neutralizes it out versus mm -hmm. being like in to out. Um, and then, yeah, like I've always like, I feel like a common misconception is chipping is like, you kind of like turn back and then like want to be shallow, kind of get some height on it. But like, yeah. it's actually like kind of the opposite as to like, if you watch Spieth, uh, if you watch like a lot of good chippers, they kind of like most of them lean forward on the backswing and then kind of go up and around a little bit. So that mm -hmm. was something I was kind of work, working on a little bit and you can definitely see a little bit more in the, in the face on one. So as your contact improved and, and is that in itself giving you a little bit better control and more spin on shots? Yeah, like I feel like, like you, I, I hate, and like, I mean, if you ask a lot of golfers the kind of like the hot, the shot that like you honestly like chipping, you're trying to hit a high softy and you just nuke it like, and it comes out too hot. And like, so that's kind of where the toe, like just a hair toey helps a little bit. And it's mm -hmm. like the same with kind of all wedges. Like I'd rather miss short than long, like every single time. So, um, mm -hmm. you definitely like can get a lot more creative, especially with different lies and stuff. I mean, me and you were talking about the kind of toe down shot the other day. Yeah. Charlie, there, pull that one up as well. There's a, this is a specialty shot. And Justin Thomas was actually talking to me about this shot last week in Jupiter and kind of walk us through what you're working yeah, on well, in like, this shot I mean, here. Obviously like nobody likes to have a, to show to a chip shot and see a poor lie or like a tight lie. Like I, if you could chip off Zoysia and put that thing on a tee, it'd be so nice every single day. But um, yeah, just kind of getting like high hands, toe down, just cause 
the toe's not going to dig the heels. What's going to dig. So like, obviously you can see it's like decently tight lie, um, and trying to feel like really neutral into everything. Um, and really just like a, not like a putting stroke, but like not much wrist hinge and just kind of like swinging the club, um, and really shifting through it. And you can kind of see like, I, I yeah. try, you try not to like fall back really. Like you kind mm. of feel like you're shift a little for Like for it, when I feel like I shift left, I pray stay pretty like neutral and then feeling like up in, up and around and forward helps me not fall back a little bit. So that's kind of what that makes sense was going on here a little bit. But as you can see, I was kind of like more middle and then he was like, get it more in the toe just to promote like a little bit better contact. And then obviously kind of high hands, you can see like, no divot into the ground and not kind of sticking it in the ground. So like when you see this, this shot that you just kind of have been working on, is this a type of shot that you would have been able to use at Augusta national with like some of those lines that aren't good? Like, yeah, it's knowing that like you can actually like throw the toe into the ground and it's going to come out of the ground and the ball is going to have some height on it, even though you're kind of hitting down on it. Like, you don't have to try and help it up in the air. And like, as you can, like, I kind of try to do that a lot just cause like you're nervous. Like you don't want to, whatever, like your mind starts racing and it's like, you're trying to kind of help it up and hit the right shot. But like mm-hmm. here, like obviously it's kind of a simple pitch um, and one that you'd be trying to make, but it like, I feel like if you, anybody, if you go just hit some shots with the toe down, you're going to realize like it's literally impossible to chunk it there. Like as long as you turn, like it's impossible to chunk it. <laughs> It's funny, like on this type of shot in the past, and I was actually asking Justin, I was like, how do you, because every time I watch Justin hit this shot around the green, he either makes it or it almost goes in. And I'm like, dude, you're going to have to teach me how to hit this shot because there's sometimes where I'm like two or three steps off the green and I'm like, how do I, how do I hit this shot? I mean, it's such a simple shot. I used to always almost put it back in my stance, like grip way down on it. And then I would just be so concerned about contact where I didn't wouldn't nuke one like you're talking yeah. about. But you you make some of them and then the other ones you you decelerate on, you leave six feet short or the other yeah. ones when you end up hitting 10 feet high. Yeah, I think it's cool because it's like hitting it out of the toe, it comes out a little softer and then just kind of rolls like a putt. So like once you just like get a good feel for it, like – your mindset changes from like, okay, like I'm just trying to get this inside like three feet where I'm going to like make the putt versus like, now I'm like, okay, I'm like, I'm going to try and make this like, and it's, you're not thinking about hitting it too hard or like hitting it to like six feet. Like now you're thinking about trying to make it. And like, that's where like, obviously you have to practice it a lot, but it was like, this was my first time working on chipping with, uh, with Mark. And it was like, it just felt so much simpler. Like it was definitely, this is very kind of simple and not complex at all, but it's like, it's kind of the opposite of what I thought is like a shift left going back and then up and around versus like, you'd think like full swings really the opposite, right? Like a turn back and then yes. you're trying to kind of stay down through it versus like pitching is like I said, the opposite. So it was, it was definitely kind of eye opening, but also it was like, this really isn't that hard. Like, especially the symbol shots, like once you can dial this in, then you can start getting more complicated and then who knows what you can kind of discover. And like, obviously you mentioned JT and it's like, he makes it look so simple. I remember watching a few shots at the Ryder cup and it's like looking at some of those lies and you're like, Oh boy, like this could, you know, like standing over that nervous represent your country. And then all of a sudden it's just like, he's like clipping it up there, spinning it back. Like it's like that one Rory hit on 17 that just like every, the world went crazy. Yes. Nobody <laughs> knew what was going on. And it's just like, he looked like he was, like he never looked like he was trying to help it up in the air, or try and spin it. It was just like, he just like really kind of turned through it. Um, and obviously he's practiced that shot a ton. He probably has, but um, <laughs> it was like, uh, it, he made it look so simple. And like, I feel like that's what the best pitchers do is like, they're not trying to do too much. They make it look simple. Yeah. And, and uh, Charlie, let's, let's get the next video up. And this is going to be a face on of one of your, I think it's probably a wedge swing. And I texted with Mark before you came on, just kind of asking about just general improvements. He said, for the most part, you guys aren't working on a ton, just kind of getting sound in um, every part of your game. But I see this shag bag of balls uh, just left of your uh, left side here. What are y'all trying to accomplish with this shag bag just on this left side? Yeah, it's kind of like, like I've always been, I've always kind of slid into it a little bit. Like that's kind of where like the, like a big miss can come in like different start lines is like if your lower body's kind of sliding left um, 
and like getting out in front of it, like you can just hit some way right shots and, um, and then it's all like, it's all in your hands from there. But, um, so the shag bags kind of helped me like not stay back, but kind of plant on the left side and then Mm -hmm. just really turn through. Um, so, I mean, that's really like the only thing we've kind of been working on, like mainly just trying to get the, the simple stuff good and then just kind of down and wedges and all that stuff. So, um, yeah, it's, it's kind of just like a simple kind of timing, just making it more fluent. Like you said. Yeah. I could watch this, this golf swing, you know, really all day. It's, there's so much to love about it. And, uh, just love how centered you stay in your, in your golf swing and your tilts are so good. And when I've watched you on the range before, it seemed like your misses with your short irons or mid irons were always out to the right. And when I was ever watching you on the range, you never missed it left, but for the most part your, your start lines, if you did miss it, were out to the right, which I mean, that makes total sense. If you're out in front of it, then the start line would get pushed a little to the right. So love what you're working on with the irons. And I think everybody came here for the show and that's, that's some driver swings, baby, Charlie, let's get these boys up because this is where the action's at. And I guess what I want to ask you about your driver is when, first off, when did the speed show up for you when you're like, wait, I am not, I'm not only long, I'm actually like one of the longest drivers of the golf ball in the game. Like. Did that just yeah, happen was, overnight? Did it happen in it was, the gym? Yeah, uh, it for was you, when funny because like, like obviously growing up playing a couple of different sports like baseball, basketball, and golf, like baseball, it's like hit it as hard as you can, like, right? Like obviously going to have fundamentals, but like you're just trying to rip that thing. And then golf, like when you're like 9, 10, 11, like if you think I'm going to the range to try and dial in my swing, like you're crazy. Like I'm ending that range session hitting at balls as hard as I can. So like, you've always kind of been taught like, okay, like trying to hit it hard. Right. And then like, I remember, like I said earlier, like junior, senior, you kind of mature a little bit, um, start realizing like, okay, like the gym has become like really important in golf, like Mm -hmm. making sure your body's kind of where it wants to. Like someone told me like, like, it's so funny. Cause like they asked me like, how many tournaments have you played where like, you felt like you had the exact same feel throughout like, especially in your body. And it's like, not like not many, like you tend to either like feel weird the first day. And then like, maybe you kind of dialed in the last two or like you feel good. And then all of a sudden you get tired. And it's like, it's like, if you could really like get the same feels like throughout the whole week, like the games would be so much easier. So, um, that's kind of when I started getting more like in the gym and stuff and trying to do like certain things like each week. Um, and like maybe each day, like same warm ups and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of where the speed came from is like, really learning how to use it and not going in there and just like, I'm not going in there to bench press, um, but going in there to like, (laughs) although I wish I could bench press more, that'd be cool. But like going in there more so to like improve my golf game and like, yeah, I'd I'd love to have a six pack. Like that look, that looks sick, but it's like, when you think about it, it's like, I want to have a strong core so I can kind of control the speed. That's like where it comes from a little bit more. So yeah, junior, senior years where I kind of got the speed. And then like, I remember like, it was funny because, so I committed in ninth grade and then they implemented a rule where you couldn't like the coaches, there was no recruiting for like a couple, it, it was not supposed to be till June 1st of your junior year. So I basically went like a year and a half as to like the coaches, like I didn't like see them or anything really. And then at the US junior at Pinehurst, my senior year, which was kind of like after COVID. So I hadn't been playing many events. Coaches hadn't been recruiting too much. I, uh, our assistant coach came out there and he was like, like, he didn't even like recognize me. Like, um, and he was like, you're hitting it so far. And I was like, yeah, like, I, I guess so. Like, I remember on like, I don't know if you've ever played uh, country club in North Carolina, but like the 18th hole at Dogwoods at par five. And there's like, you can hit it like 280 out to the right or the water's like 315 to carry. And I remember like, there was, one round in the practice round I'm playing and I'm like 315 like if I kind of like if it's a little downwind like I'm gonna hit driver like it's 100 degrees here like I'm just gonna send it like it's not like it's easy to hit out to the right and uh in the stroke play I remember Limbaugh is watching me and I get up to the 18th hole which was my it would have been my 27th hole of the tournament and uh it's like sneaky just a hair downwind and like I'm playing good like it's weird because it's like U.S. junior or like I almost USGA events it's like 
okay, I'm just trying to finish top 64, right? Like basically like if you should make a couple birdies and right. don't do anything stupid, like you're going to fin- make match play. And I got there, I'm like, I see Limbaugh and I'm like, oh, like I want to hit driver so bad. And I listened to my caddy, uh, who's one of my good friends. And like, he didn't, he was not telling me what to do that week, like at all. And I just like kind of pulled driver out of the bag. Like, as, and I was like, as long as he doesn't like look at me, like I'm an idiot, like I'm hitting it. And I just ripped this thing and like, I mean, covered the water by like 20. And I was like, okay, like <laughs> now, like this, that was kind of the first time where it was like, you can use your speed to an advantage, right? Like most 99% of the field could not hit that driver with water. And then, um, in match play in one of my matches, I was one up going to 18 and I sent driver over the water too. And it's like, okay. And then that's kind of when it came into like big picture as like this speed, like can really be something, especially if you can control it. And I remember like, have some weeks where you drive it well, some weeks where it's like kind of a little all over the place. And then, um, yeah, now it's like, obviously I'm not working to, I'd love to hit it further. Like, I don't think there's anybody in the world that would, wouldn't want to hit it further, but it's like, also like you have to be able to know where it's going. Um, and I'd say probably over the last like 18 months, that's kind of what I've been working on a lot. Um, and yeah, like I, th- I think this video was, that was from USM this year. And I don't, can you go to the down the line one a little back to that one i think i was that was one this was one that we worked on i think i was choked down a little bit as like just like a fairway finder not like i'm not swinging hard or anything but just like mm-hmm. i know that this ball's cutting and like i can aim up the left and just rip this cut and it's gonna be fine so that's kind of where it's like with mark i've gotten really good as like he's been really good as he works with the best players in the world kind of day in and day out and just he know like i've really enjoyed hearing like He's like a lot, like if you look at every single guy on tour, there's similarities as to like, they all have a fairway finder under pressure. Right. Mm-hmm. So it's like kind of just like picking his brain on stuff like that. Um, something I've been working on too. And I remember at USM, I drove it pretty well just, and it was like one of those things. And obviously it was in Denver, the ball is going 300 miles <laughs> and it's like, you see a bunker at like 360 and you're like, okay, like, yeah. Like my, is it driver? And, uh, but just having shots that you can rely on is something that, like we mentioned since Augusta is like, right. has been really huge for me. So that, uh, this is, would be your change up pitch, I guess, to get one. In, it, I mean, it's like Araldus Chapman. It's like you have the fastball, but you need to develop that second pitch to be able to get one in play. And, and so what do you, what are you thinking? Are you just slowing down? Like how, how no, would it's somebody more so like, so it's, it's, a, it's choked down a hair, but it's like, I'm standing a little closer to it. Mm-hmm. which helps promote a cut. Right. So like basically I can aim, I mean, I can't aim as far left as I wanted to, but if I aim left, I know that it's cutting. So like, I at least know that like I'm taking the left side of the golf course out of play and it's so much easier to play when you know that it's not going to go left than if you have a two way miss. So that's kind of what that is. And it's, cool. like, I don't know if it's necessarily slower, but like, it's definitely more like controlled. Con- yeah, for sure. All right. Well, we had Adam Scott uh, on the podcast uh, a few months ago, and man, he was marveling at your speed. The conversation of the rollback came up, and then he started mentioning your name, uh, talking about the speed. And we actually have a little bit of audio to play for you on this. And, you know, I also see the younger kids, um, and Gordon Sargent's probably the best example, who's they have this easy speed in the 190s, which is so wild. you know, and I think it's awesome because like the athlete, we're, we're getting, becoming better athletes and, um, you know, we shouldn't stop that. I wish I had that accent. Yeah. And, and the looks as well. I think that would, that would go a long way for me, but all right. First (laughs) off, how cool is it that Adam Scott's talking about you? Like that's, I mean, Adam Scott was my favorite player growing up outside of of Tiger Woods. First, let's, let's talk about that first. (laughs) Like, yeah, he's definitely one of the, when I was, when I like finally was like, golf's like what I want to do. You, he's the guy that like, I remember like when I was eight, nine, he's winning the masters. And it's like the masters is a pretty big deal when you're growing up to be a golfer and it's never not going to be a big deal. But like if I was watching the masters when I was six versus like when I'm 10, it's like, okay, like I understand like what this means. And just like, yeah, growing up watching him is really cool. And then like, then you go to tournaments and he's on the range there and it's like, okay, like is this guy like, you kind of like, is, is this real? Like, is this guy going to acknowledge me? Like, you know what I mean? It's like, you kind of want to just be like, you just want to fit in and like, um, to kind of have him like kind of acknowledge me. And, um, 
I think I met him at Augusta and he was obviously mm-hmm. really nice. So just to kind of see guys like that. And it's cool because like, I feel like golf's one of those sports where like a bunch of the older guys, like still respect the younger guys and like bring them under their wing. And that's like in, in sport, most sports, you don't see that. Like, even though like we're competing each and every week against them, like they're still, they want to help you be better. So it's really cool. Yeah, I, I imagine so. And uh, that would be flattering if Adam Scott could talk about my uh, ball speed. But unfortunately, it's probably in the low 170s, not quite the high <laughs> 180s, low 190s like yourself. But I mean, do you want to use this platform to publicly apologize about just making all the old golf courses useless and the fact that we actually have to have a potential rollback? I mean, this is might as well be called the uh, the Gordon Sargent rule is, is, uh, is what they're trying to roll this golf ball back. I mean... I mean, oh, seriously, a lot of this discussion when people mention rollback uh, of the golf ball, I mean, your name comes up. I mean, it's definitely interesting. Like, I would apologize if I was like the longest, the longest hitter, <laughs> but I'm not. So I'm not. I'm messing with you. You don't have to apologize um, about anything. <laughs> but no, it's funny because like, used to be like, it used to be like when you were younger. It's like if you you're trying to hit it 300, right? Like that's what you wanted to hit, and it's like. If, then it just made the math so simple. Like if it was a 450 yard hole, you'd have 150 in, right? And now it's like, if the hole's not like close to 500, like you don't like it's not like it's so the game's changed so much. Like I'm, I was today, I was looking at, um, I saw you played Panther National, yep, and um, I was looking at the scorecard for it, and it's like 7,900 yards from the tips, and it's like that's just like unheard of, like 10 years yeah. ago, but like even during the summer in Florida, that golf course is not like, it's, it's not like you're going to play it. And like, this course is ridiculously long. Like, like I would say there are some long par threes and, um, but yeah, it's, it's definitely changed a lot. And like the uh, golf courses are trying to kind of trying to kind of, I guess, add tee boxes wherever they can stuff like that. Um, but no, it's definitely different. Like, I don't know, (laughs) obviously I haven't like, paid too much into the rollback like you just know that all right the ball's gonna go shorter but like i don't think it's necessarily because like obviously the technology's gotten better but like like adam scott said like golf's turned into such a more athletic game over the years so it's it's definitely kind of different than than what it was yeah and, and for those that saw the clip of adam scott we that was an interview that we had earlier this year and it was really a fascinating conversation one definitely you should go back and listen to we talked about the rollback and his suggestions and, and one of the things that he suggested would, was actually uh decreasing the cc's of a driver making it uh much much smaller because so often now he said that when guys are nervous they go out and they and they grab the driver where in the past that you know that wasn't necessarily the case so that was definitely an interesting discussion and one you should definitely check out and and gordon there's one last video we have to show you this was probably the wildest clip i've seen this year and the only comparison i can probably uh can can bring up here would, would be the the old q school video of the guy like putting to get his PGA tour card and hits the back of the cup and pops out. And we haven't really seen anything like that (laughs) since then until you were tapping in for your final round at the U S open. And thank goodness that this didn't mean anything really for you. Did it? No, I mean, that would have been terrible if I was to make the cut or something like that. Um, But yeah, I mean, obviously like, like obviously it's like, it would have made a difference. Like, I'd rather I've hundred percent would take, I don't think there's anyone that wouldn't rather finish 31st and 39th. Right. But it's like, didn't cost me any money. Like didn't. Yeah. So, and it was funny. Like it was honestly good for me. Like it gave me some like publicity. Someone was joking to me. They're like, you might've like made a, uh, been in the, the PIP conversation, um, <laughs> after how viral this went. But like, it was funny. Cause like, I remember I was playing well. Um, and it's like 18 is not like a brutally tough hole, but it's like, okay, like it's not like you, you can just expect to go hit your six iron to six feet and make birdie. Um, and the fairway is super wide. And I remember I got up there um, and just absolutely like necked the crap out of a tee shot into the right rough. Um, and it's like, you know what? Like I'm in the right rough to a back right pin. It's like, I'm just going to be disciplined here. Hit this to like, like if it comes out how I want to, it's going 30 feet. And it's like, it's not like, I, I'm not hitting this over the green, right? And I hit this seven iron and it came out perfect. Went to like, 35 feet below it and then like i mean it's on a decent slope probably 
yeah. 2% slope. So like, if you put it by, like you got a little tester coming down the mm-hmm. hill. So I was like, okay, like, even though I left it, like, obviously I wanted to make it, but I leave it two feet short, never missing that. Right. Like straight up the hill. And I just remember my caddy was like, it was so funny. He, uh, he goes like, we were like, we're reading it kind of, he goes, yep, just straight in the back of the cup. And I was like, yeah, I hit that thing in the back of the cup. And, uh, but it was like, like, it was like, obviously I'm not paying attention to the hole at all. Like in, in no part of my mind, am I thinking this has a chance of bouncing out, but then it's like, yeah. then I, I'm, I'm <laughs> yeah, it's like, I, I'm like, why did I take that step? Like, but I, and then, but there's a, Probably there's just like, shocked you, right? It just, I mean, it just, yeah, but I mean, like I'm on, the, on the next one, I'm like, all right, like this one better not hit the back of the cup. Right. Like I just kind of <laughs> died in there. Um, but no, is it, it, like it was so just like I didn't know what had happened, oh, no. and then I looked at my caddy. I'm, I'm like, "Is this real? Like, this could happen anywhere else." And now it's on the 18th at the U.S. Open um, on Sunday. <laughs> and then I, I remember, like, I get back to like Birmingham and got to play golf, and you're trying to, you're like, surely, like, surely I can hit a couple in the back of the cup, and it's going to bounce out, and it's literally like impossible. So, um, and <laughs> then everyone's like. You hit it too hard. It's like, actually, if I like hit it harder, it would have gone in. Or if I just hit it a little softer or like if I pulled it or like pushed it or like anything but that and it goes in. So, um, no, it's pretty funny, but (laughs) it definitely kind of went viral, which was kind of (laughs) cool. Going viral for an interesting reason, I would say. And, uh, The, the game of golf's hard enough. We need, we need to make sure those holes are cut correctly next yeah. time. I remember while I was walking by and I was like, what are they doing over there? They're recutting a hole because it was in the middle of the afternoon. Yeah. And that's when I saw the video and was, okay, that's why they're recutting yeah, the hole I because remember, it, they didn't need that we, to happen again. When we were on the green for the uh, trophy presentation, I remember I went back and looked at the hole and that thing was cut like six inches below the ground they're like this is not happening again because like i mean <laughs> they could Wyndham, you imagine if that would happen to windham <laughs> windham was a little closer than mine but like he was like the same angle so it's like and it, it, i guarantee you he was not thinking about dying that last putt in the hole no so it's like <laughs> that would have been a little bit more awkward because it's like like what, what do you do like i mean it's not like you can give it to him but it's like i mean i don't know <laughs> Well, they, it's all good now. Wyndham made the yep. putt, and now you get a viral clip. So definitely one yeah. to always remember. And uh, kind of, I mean, this is probably the besides the Masters, uh, this would probably be the biggest accomplishment uh, for you this year. And this is something that just didn't happen overnight. Uh, the PGA Tour U Accelerated Program uh, is designed for people like you and guys that in the amateur world check every single box they they basically just dominate the amateur level which is what you have done and uh there's a stat i heard recently and uh someone went back and calculated um who would have earned a card under the same accelerated criteria as you and the only three would have been justin thomas patrick canlay and patrick rogers so that's that's obviously a pretty dang good group of dudes to be associated with with this and um as, as we kind of talk about this PGA Tour U program, would you say, is there any factors for you as far as if you would return for your Caesar, senior season? I know you could go, like you can go to your Caesar, senior season and still have this same status as if you wanted to turn pro after this year. But what I wanted to ask you is, is there anything in particular that you're trying to accomplish uh, throughout the rest I mean, of this year? Obviously, like, when I committed to Vanderbilt, like I committed to staying four years. So it's like, that'd be something that's important to me as to like being with the Vanderbilt team for four years. Um, but obviously Limbaugh's no, he has, he's completely impartial as to what, like if he thinks it's, if I think it's best for me to leave, he's a hundred percent on my side. So um, that's really nice. Like, I think one thing would be just being, just having a whole nother year, like, to basically do whatever I want when it comes to like trying to take my game to the next level. Um, and obviously like, it's nice. Like I have basically have the next six months to kind of develop that, um, and make not major changes or anything, but work on kind of what I need to work on. Um, and just getting ready for the next step. So, I mean, besides kind of graduating, getting better, spending time with the team, I know obviously everyone tells you college is the best time of your life. So being with a team, stuff like that. So, I mean, obviously there's some positives, but also like if the time is right, like there's no point just because like if you're playing good golf and you feel ready, then um, they're like, obviously there are a bunch of 
there aren't a ton of risks to coming back to school, but like you could get injured. Like you could mm-hmm. all, there's a bunch of different things that could happen. So, um, no, I mean, I'm kind of impartial at the moment. Thankfully, I don't have to decide like necessarily anytime soon. Like obviously it'll be nice to kind of start making plans for whether I'm going to turn pro or not. But, um, like no, when no, would you, like, when would you make that decision? Would that be at the end of the year or would it be middle no, of the year? It, 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 it'd probably be like, I'd like to know by before, like, I, I don't know set date, but like, it's not like if, bef- when I'm going into NCAA is like, I'll know if I'm coming back or not. So, um, I don't know. Like, I think it's something to kind of talk about this off season a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, and like, I think I'm just going to like go about my business. Like I'm leaving just cause like if I'm prepared and I don't leave, like it's not like it's a big deal or anything. Right. right. So, um, yeah, I, I think I'm just going to have the mindset that I'm leaving. Um, but I can always come back if I want to. Definitely. And if you did come back, I think one positive would be is that you can go to any bar in Nashville and just show your PGA <sighs> tour card. So that's kind of cool, right? <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's funny. Cause like a bunch of my friends go to college towns and it's like, they're like, Oh, like, people in Nashville must know who you are. And they're like, Hmm, people in Nashville don't really care who I am, but um, <laughs> it's, it's fun. It, we enjoy Nashville. Oh, I bet. Uh, I try to get there as much as I can. That's a, what a, what a fantastic college town <laughs> I'm sure Nashville is. And, uh, as we close last question here, uh, what is on the schedule for you, uh, the rest of this off season, you playing any golf, or you just kind of working on the game, getting ready for the spring season? Yeah. Um, kind of working on the game for right now playing, oh, I'm going to play the Jones cup, uh, down in first week in January. But other than that, not really just kind of prepping, um, getting the body and, and game in a good spot for the spring season and then kind of off and running. Uh, I think we start up mid-February is our first event, and then I think we have maybe nine events. Uh, wow. So pretty quick, kind of just – I know it's going to fly by, so kind of just soaking it all in right now. Well, I'm going to hope – that you don't get a cold front while you're in Sea Island the first of January. There's been there's been years where guys have been playing in 38 degrees with a 20 mile an hour wind at the Jones Cup. So hopefully it's one of those yeah. 70 degree Jones Cups where you actually can enjoy yourself. And I'm sure you're going to have a great week and and really yeah. a great spring as you uh, potentially prepare to getting ready for the PGA Tour or coming back and doing another year of amateur golf. And I'm sure there's plenty more that you can accomplish, whether it's winning the U.S examiner or um any other things that are on your list of things that you want to accomplish so you can't really go wrong but you could totally understand you leaving and making that decision and uh deciding you are ready uh to turn pros but regardless i'm always going to be cheering for you being a birmingham alabama guy shoal creek guy as well i'm I'm looking forward to hopefully when you move back i get to see you more and get to play with you more because i feel like you and I haven't gotten to play enough golf together, so we're going to have to book some tee times coming up. And uh, and Gordon, thank you for coming on. You are welcome anytime, my man. Thanks, Smiley. Appreciate it. It was, it was fun. The Smiley Show is part of the SiriusXM Sports Podcast Network. If you enjoyed this episode and want to hear more, please give a five-star rating and leave a review. Subscribe today wherever you stream your podcast.